Well, good morning. It's such a privilege to be here this morning with you all. Thank you for the invitation to come and and share the Word of God and also a mission report with you. Just like Pastor Rodney said, we were sent out from here back in 2013. And now we've been on the mission field for five years, half that time in Columbia. And you sent us also to Southeastern Seminary. Thank you for your support and sending us internationally with the International Mission Board of our Southern Baptist Convention, and also sending me to seminary with your help with the cooperative program. As you have prayed alongside of us, and many of you have, thank you. As you've given to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, thank you. Thank you, because as you are our supporters, you've been a part of our, a vital part of our global mission team and our mission team in Columbia. So thank you so much. Some of you have chosen to live differently so that you can give generously. Uh, uh, we, we so thank you because we get to see what the Lord is doing in Columbia and be a part of it. And you're a part of it as well as you support God's mission. Let's see the, uh, the, the picture of a, a family next to a hut here. The Arawaku people of the Sierra Nevada de Santa Marta, live in the northern mountain range there. Um, There's two other indigenous people groups that live there that have their own distinct language and culture and religious beliefs. They wear white to symbolize purity, and they make these mochilas. The ladies knit these mochilas because they, um, they, they make them out of wool from their sheep because they're sheep herders is one of their jobs. They shave the different colored sheep and weave the bag the different colors based on the different sheep. So only, you're only going to see natural colors in, the, in these wool bags there. And they, they, they have farms, and some of their farms, they have small farms because they don't want to disturb Mother Nature too much, or in their beliefs. And so they live off the land. They don't have running water other than the river. And the sun is their light bulb, and they cook on a fire. Very rural people, very naturalistic people. You see, the Arawako people also are very spiritual people. They think about all of the parts of nature having an owner because their worldviews formed by their legends or their myths, the stories of creation, that man roamed the earth before the sun rose into the skies. And when the sun rose, all those people turned into the, diff- the owners of the different categories of nature, like owner of the rocks or the owner of the trees or the owner of the river or the laguna. You're like, why is he telling us all this stuff? Because this, has, this is important, because when you teach the gospel to these people, this is what they're thinking. They need a new foundation, foundation that says God made everything, he made it good, not that we would be in fear of it, but that we would be in fear of him, that we would know him. And so the Arawaku people, they think, well, when you disturb nature, then there, you create a, um, a fault of balance or equilibrium. And this is very important that we keep the balance of nature. And so if you take a rock to build a foundation on your house, then you've got to uh, offer a payment to the owner of the rock or to the trees to build the, the structure of the house, offer a payment to the trees. And so how do they offer this payment? They take a piece of cotton, which is an important element, 
in, in nature, and they, they crouch down, and they put all negative energy and thought into the piece of cotton. They put this sin into the piece of cotton as their load, and they stick it in their mochila, and they go on a journey to offer the piece of cotton to the owner of those things, the owner of the rock, the owner of the laguna, all trying to even out the balance because if there's a lack of balance, then evil or bad things come. The owner of the rock will revolt, send sickness to our people group, and we don't want sickness. So all this time spent in angst of the lack of balance because you see, the rest of the world doesn't really care about that balance. And so they're even having to offer these payments on behalf of us the ones that like development, but they call it destruction. And so all this lack of this angst, this, this fear, they have to be the ministers of Mother Nature and create this balance or bad things are going to happen. Bad things like coronavirus or these types of things. You, you're getting the picture. But you see, as the Ottawakals take and they put their sins in the, the piece of cotton and they offer it to an owner of something to try to establish balance. Jesus does much more than that. He creates peace because he takes our sins and he puts them on himself and he offers himself as a payment for our sins to the owner of all things, Niwi Pau. See, Niwi Pau means in their language, the owner of everything. And that is God, the owner of everything. And he wants us to know him. He wants the Ottawaco people to know him. Let's read in Colossians, because you see this message, Colossians 1, this message of balance and this, this attempt at balance, a futile attempt at balance, is not just something from the Arawaku people, but it's, it's something that we do as well. And we'll see in Colossians who Christ is and what he did. Colossians 1, verse 19, starting there, for in him... All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Him, Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. We see in verse 20, through Christ, he reconciles all things to himself, making peace by the blood of his cross. This futile attempt that the Ottawakals do to regain balance, and this balance that is always being lost, right? We're always all out of balance. Always out of balance. And so they want balance. But what we really need, what the world really needs is peace. Peace that's been paid for by the blood of Christ's cross. It's what the Ottawakals need. It's what we need. And some of us included are looking for peace in all the wrong places. We want peace with God. So we say, well, I've got to make the payment. I've got to do something. If I do something bad, I better do three things good and then I'll be right with God. That's not the gospel. That's the, that's the same thing the Ottawakals do. The gospel's the unmerited favor that we get the grace of God through Christ that he died on our behalf on the cross. You want to be reconciled to God, Jesus is the answer. He's the payment, a payment for all time. If you want to be reconciled to your town or your family or your your 
your co-workers, you want reconciliation in the world, a new politician is not the answer. They're not going to give us balance. Jesus gives us peace through the blood of his cross. He's reconciling through him all things to himself, including our communities. The world needs Jesus. In yourself, maybe you sense this lack of balance. Maybe, maybe you think, well, when I, I get the better job, I'll have balance. Or if I just watch one more show on Netflix, I'll, I'll have balance or I'll feel good or feel peace. Or when I have a kid or when I'm an empty nester or when my 401k is, is big enough, then I'll have this balance or this peace. Until then, I'm going to feel this angst that answers in Christ. He gives us peace. He gives us identity. <laughs> Being sons and daughters of the Lord. Wow. A father God. And then the Ottawaquas, this is big for them. Sometimes we don't always think about it, but some of us do. What about this reconciliation with creation? You see, there's kind of like four relationships with God, with each other, with ourselves, and with creation. What about reconciliation with creation? You know, Christ is going to come back. He's going to restore all things, reconciling through him all things to himself. Giving peace, buying peace by the blood of his cross. It's going to come back. He's going to restore all creation. So we don't have to be in fear of creation or think we have to save creation. But does our heart long with creation, eagerly awaiting, groaning for redemption, groaning for reconciliation, restoration? Do we want that? Do we see injustice in the world? My little girl just the other day said, why do mosquitoes bite? Why did God make them that way? Even her heart longs for restoration, right? We eagerly await that the curse would be removed. And that's a message for the Ottawaqua people too. Even this imbalance in nature, Jesus is going to handle. He's going to restore all things. That's our hope. So we have a vision for churches planted in every community in, the, in this mountain range in northern Columbia. Churches planted but that speak the language of the people that live out life in the community as salt and light so that people can see what Christianity really is. Not this attempt to destroy their people or lose all their culture, but this this thing to be who God made them to be. And so we want, so our team, our mission team, that's what we're all about. How can the gospel go forth in the mountain range? How can disciples be made? How can people be sent out to other communities or to their own community ready to share the gospel in a, a, a way that people understand in their own language? One of the ways we do this is with Bible storying. So we tell Bible stories in an oral way. And I'll tell a short Bible story in just a little bit. In an oral way so that people can pass it on and that, because that's how they sit around a fire. I think we've got a picture of that. They sit around a fire, and to, that's where they normally, traditionally do talks and training and teaching, sharing the stories of their people. What if we share the true stories of their people, the story of God around the fire? This is where the church will, will meet. This is where disciples will be made around the fire. Turn with me to Psalm 67. That's our main text for today. Psalm 67. While we're turning, I did want to say that if that message of peace and a lack of peace or balance in your life is a message that hits you, please go to Guest Central afterwards today 
and ask the pastors more about how you can have peace through Christ. He wants to reconcile you to God today. Psalm 67. This is a song um, of the Israelites, a thanksgiving song, we think, about um, a, a good harvest. Thank you, God, for the harvest. And the Israelites, they were supposed to be a light to the nations. And so this is a song of their heart wanting to be a light to the nations in everything that God blessed them with. It can be a song for us as well. Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. When I look at this psalm, when I sing this psalm in my heart, I just... I just think about all the blessings that the Lord has already blessed us with. Do you know that the blessing of God in your life, in all the many ways that you're blessed by the Lord, that you're thankful for his blessings, have a purpose? They have a purpose. Here, Israel's telling the purpose, and us as the light of the world, Jesus says, we have a purpose with every blessing that the Lord gives us. What's that purpose? Look with me. God's been gracious to us. He has blessed us. His face does shine on us. That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Our, the purpose of God's blessing on our lives is that his way would be known on the earth, his saving power among all nations. Do you recognize the purpose of God's blessing in your life? Every blessing included here. This is a song of thanksgiving for the harvest. So even the fruits and vegetables, they have a purpose in Israel that the the nations would know his saving power and know his way. Down to just something very simple like our fruits and vegetables, they they have a purpose. Much more our houses and our, our jobs and our families and all the ways that the Lord's blessed us, they have a purpose. Recognize how, and my prayers that you would see how the Lord could use all the blessings in your life for his mission and on his mission. Let the, may the, our hearts sing, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Is that your, the refrain of your heart? Verse 4 kind of stumped me. Sometimes I read these types of uh, verses in, in the Psalms. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. We have to realize, especially in our context of universalism, each country or each people have their own religion and their own God, and that's cool for them, and uh, it's good for them, and, and they just respect me, and I respect them. Do you realize that our God is not just the God that sends rain on the world, but that reigns over every nation? It's, that's our God. That's our God. Are you zealous for his glory? And are you resolved in your heart that he's the... Christ is the only hope for all nations. So be zealous for his glory and and broken for the lostness in the world. And seek to, like I'm going to show you some pictures of some people, seek to use every blessing the Lord's given you with the purpose of being on mission 
We're going to talk about more ways you can be involved. So here's, a, here's another picture of a, a lady. I'm going to talk about a few stories in Colombia of folks that they're leveraging the blessings of the Lord on their life for his glory among all peoples. So here's the lady. She lives up in the mountains, lives a just simple life, but she's from a neighboring people group. She's indigenous as well. And she looks out at the, the Kogi people and the Atawaku people and the Wewa people around the other indigenous tribes that live up higher in the mountains. And she says, how can I help? How can I be the hands and feet of Jesus? How can I pray for them? So she'll go on a trek just to say, can I pray for you? Can I come into your home and pray for you? I just, I just love this sister in Christ. During the pandemic, we were on lockdown in our city for five months. And so we couldn't leave the city or cross the county line was the law. So there was a gate there at the county line with uh, policia, you know, police. And, and so you couldn't leave the city, but uh, she, her, her son would meet me at the gate and I would pass medicine to him to help people up in the mountains. And we're just the body of Christ working together. And that's really neat. I was so privileged to get to participate in that way because we could only leave our house every five days anyway to go shopping. And so we got to go to the, the border and, and do something in a very practical way to show the love of Jesus. She's leveraging the blessing of God of where she lives, the knowledge that she has, the contacts that she has for the mission of God. The next, the next picture is going to show our dining room table. You may think, well, is that like a blessing that I can leverage? Well, first of all, we're super thankful for Southern Baptist giving us a dining room table. Okay, with the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, we bought that dining room table and paid the rent for that house where we live. Thank you for giving us a dining room table in a house where we can be among the people. We're close to the people. They come into our city. Some of them live in our city. Here we are having lunch with two young ladies. And you know, when, around our table, it's kind of interesting. They're very honest, more honest than you would think. When you go to their house, less honest. When you go to their house, less open to talk. Why is that? Because there's persecution on among our people. And so they're a little, if they're interested in the gospel or then maybe they don't want to share all the secrets about their people group because they're kind of secretive, well, around our dining room table, no one's listening, just us. And so no one's in the back room listening to that they're interested in the gospel, they're a seeker. Around our dining room table, we've learned so much about these people. And we've learned how to pray for them when we have. We've ended dinner many times in prayer together. And one of these young ladies came to faith around our table. Tell, tell, are you a follower of Jesus? Yes, I'm a follower of Jesus. Wow. Then she said, but how do I pray in my language? I've heard you pray, Andrew, in Spanish, but how do I pray in my language? You see, there's such need for discipleship. We're going to learn about a, a young man that he's leveraging the fact that he's a disciple of Christ and he understands how to pray in his language. He knows what to call God, Niwi Pal, the owner of everything. And so we're going to see that soon. Thank you for our dining room table. Maybe the Lord's calling you to leverage your dining room table. Invite somebody that's different from you over for a meal for his mission. Plus, you get to show him a Christian family, and we pray that we're a good example of that. The next picture is about a missions class that we did during the pandemic. Things shut down, and so even though we were in the same city, we did an online missions class for a local church. They're like, well, we've been here for a long time, and we're kind of, our, our church is named the, uh, the Great Commission Church, but we're not, we don't really know much about missions. We got a great name, and so they're on mission to their own people, but not cross-culturally. And so 
We did a missions class helping them learn how to pray for their neighbors that live up in the mountains, the indigenous people, helping them learn simple strategies for reaching them and identify ways that even in their own town where they're at, they can um, have an impact on the mission to the Ottawaqua and Weewa people. One of those ladies has already gotten involved and come on a mission trip with us and we go out and do some children's ministry and she's been a part of that. And so the Lord's already, we're seeing fruit of people getting involved in God's mission. These are just people like me and you that they are a member of a church and they're thinking, how do I leverage like what I know about people and and learn to pray for these people? The next picture is of a mountain church community High up in the mountains, they're right at the border of the reservation land because the people live on their, their Native American reservation. This is a Colombian church, Campesinos. They've got their farms right on the border, though, of the reservation. And so all their neighbors are uh, from the indigenous people. You see, there's conflict out there, though, because what I said earlier, what, what, uh, what the, the younger brother calls development, the indigenous people call destruction. And so... They don't want the road. The indigenous people don't want the road up into their community. And the townspeople, we want a road so we can get our products down and have an easier trip. Or we want running water, or we want electricity, or satellite dish for internet, and all these different things. And so they're in constant battle with them. But this church has been there 40 years and has never reached out cross-culturally to their neighbors. Instead, they've just kind of seen them as a nuisance. But the Lord is stirring in many of their hearts a brokenness for the lost and a zealousness for his glory. They want to see the, the peoples praise him. And so there, we got to go up there and be a part of a little mobilization night up there where we just poured over scripture. We combated some of the popular opinions of why and motives for not getting engaged in God's mission. And we started to vision cast, what would it look like? I can't wait because COVID's kind of stopped that for a little bit. We couldn't go high up there. Can't wait to get back in January and go visit this church and encourage them to be on mission The next picture is about um, global mobilization. You think, well, what does that mean? That sounds like a mission term. It is. So the IMB is starting to help other countries because there's mission work has been happening for a long time. There's Baptist conventions like our Baptist convention in other countries, such as the Cuba Baptist convention. Well, here's brothers and sisters in Christ that are, are ready. The Lord's calling them out. The IMB's helping these other countries countries, these other Baptist conventions, to create mission agencies to send out their own missionaries. I mean, how awesome. Cuban missionaries being sent out of Cuba. That used to be our mission field. Now they're sending out missionaries to Colombia. They're our partners. They're on the other side of the mountain range. Two of the medical doctors left their profession in Cuba and came to Colombia to use their profession to create entry into villages to show the love of Christ through simple medical help. And so I just think it's so awesome. This was a picture. You can see me there in the, the, the big hat. We got, I got invited to help some of them as they were first getting to Columbia, do a little training to help get them going. We partner together on God's mission. It's just so awesome to see them. The, the last picture here is of, of Oscar. This is a representation photo of Oscar, and his name isn't Oscar. This is a pseudonym that we use. Why? Because Oscar was raised to be a religious leader among his own people. They call those mamos. But Oscar, the, the Lord saved Oscar. 
And Oscar said, well, I'll be a religious leader, just I'm going to be a missionary to my own people. And so Oscar tells people about Jesus and his identity needs to be protected because it's kind of a secret thing. It could cause trouble. You see, there is persecution and when Christians get found out, then they send them to the, what we call the house of reflection. That's jail, okay? The house of reflection, but the people, they love to think, right? Thinking is important. It's called the house of reflection where you just go think in adult time out for a month about what you've done. Well, there's good things about the house of reflection, actually. Like if a, a couple's having marital problems, just a month in the house of reflection together, and that'll, that'll handle it. And you know, honestly, I praise God that they have a high view of marriage, and that's great. But the house of reflection is also used to kind of hurt people uh, or like uh, s- try to suppress Christianity, put them in the house of reflection. So there's some secretis- uh, secretism about Uh, going about planting churches in certain areas where there's more hostility to the gospel. But these brothers, they've been to prison. You know, just like Peter coming out of prison, they say, I've been counted worthy to suffer for the Lord. Praise his name. There's stories of people sneaking sneaking food into the prison to help the, the, uh, the brothers and sisters in Christ and all these different things. It's just so awesome to hear their stories. But Oscar had it on his heart how do I use my family farm to make disciples of Jesus and plant a church in my family farm? But not just any type of church, a church that's going to send out each member to their communities to plant more churches and so make more disciples. And so Oscar said, but the problem is people come to my, my, my if they come to my, my farm too many times, like over and over and over again, everyone's going to say, why do you go to this farm all the time? And then they'll come and investigate. So people need an excuse to come to my farm. So he said, well, how can we help, Oscar? So we came up with this, this dream, a, a, a cool thing we can do, a business of, for missions, a pig farm. So Oscar said, what if we did a pig farm? So we gave Oscar a loan to start his pig farm. When he pays back the loan, that money will go to helping somebody else do a neat initiative in, in, in their area, in their farm. And so when people come, they can help out on the pig farm, and receive, but be evangelized to, ask questions that they would never ask in public about Jesus, about their creator God. They can be discipled and sent back out to their communities. It's just So cool, so privileged to be a part of that, and you're a part of that as you've sent us. Oscar's leveraging his land, his knowledge of God and the scriptures, his nationality, all for the glory of God among his people group. May we do the same. You see, every church can reach every nation. Well, how? Well, that's the beautiful thing about being Southern Baptist, about giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, the cooperative program, because... Every church in our convention is a part of reaching every nation. That's our tagline for the IMB, and I love it because it just really reflects my heart as well. I want to see every member of every church engaged on God's mission in some way or another, whether it's through prayer or giving or going or sending. The Lottie Moon Christmas offering, I want to tell you a little bit about it so you'll be knowledgeable because sometimes we just hear the word and you think, well, that, that, that must have been a special lady. she got a whole offering named after. And you don't know much about the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. This church actually does a really good job about telling the WMU ladies. They're great for telling the church about the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. So I, I thank you so much for your support. 
so I wanted to thank you, but I also want to tell you a little bit more about it. So we come together, Son of the Baptist, we give this offering. All of that offering goes directly to support us and thousands of missionaries like us around the world. It goes directly to the mission field. And so what does that mean? Well, I've got a four-by-four truck that I can go to the villages, right? I'm thankful it's four-by-four. Thank you for giving me a four-by-four truck, Southern Baptist, because sometimes we're going on a nice road, and they say, oh, but it's off over there, brother. And so now we're on a dirt road. Now we're on mud. And so sometimes you need that four-wheel drive truck. So thank you so much for that. Also, our house, like we've talked about, and the airline tickets to get overseas, our medical bills. Soon our little kids are going to start going to Colombian school. They'll need education. Your, your offering supports us being able to send our kids to school, and they'll, they'll be little missionaries for Jesus there as well. We are so grateful to be so well supported, and your church can reach the world. You have a part to play. Our global missions team needs you. I want to end now with a story from Matthew 26. This is a story about Mary, uh, the, the sister of Martha and Lazarus, and she brings this flask of ointment to Jesus right, right soon before he's going to be crucified. She brings this flask of ointment to him, but the, the flask of ointment is worth like a year's wage, a year's wage. That's a lot of money. And she breaks it, and she anoints Jesus. Well, the disciples are there. They see, they say they were indignant. And they said, what a waste. What a waste. We could use this money, help the poor, do something else, right? And Jesus says, don't bother her. What she's done for me is a beautiful thing. Whoa, a beautiful thing. You see, what many call waste, Jesus calls beautiful when it's done for him. This, this, uh, this story has been impactful in my own life in the past three years. All these scriptures that I've shared today have been. That's why I chose to share them with you because the Lord's been using them in my life. This story, sometimes I'm on the mission field, Leah and I, we just feel, are we really doing the right thing? You think, my Spanish isn't as good as everyone in my missions class is Spanish or the Cuban Spanish, right? And I can't even speak the indigenous language very well. I can say, do's I know, and a guandi, and a guanachiqua, and stuff like that, but that doesn't really get us very far into gospel presentation. That's like, hey, and nice to see you. And so my indigenous language isn't any good. Wow, Lord, is this just a waste of a life? Like I could uh, teach an English better. Is this a waste of a life? And Jesus says, mm-mm. It's not a waste of life. It's beautiful to me if you do it to me. It's beautiful. So if I spin my wheels a little bit more than the rest of, than the rest of them, Jesus it says it's not a waste. It's beautiful to him. And he says, when we think about our, our church here, um, pray, give, go, and send. These are ways that you can be involved in God's mission. Some of it's going to look like waste to yourself or to the world but Jesus calls it beautiful if it's done unto him. So I encourage you, waste five minutes in your small group to pray for an unreached people group because as you pray and you waste that five minutes, quote unquote, waste it, the Lord is going to knit your heart. Watch him knit your heart to his heart for the nations. A zealousness for his glory, a brokenness for the lost. Waste five minutes because it'll be a beautiful time. I promise you. And as you give, what if you lived differently so you could give generously? 
The world's going to call that a waste. You've got a better, you've got a good job. You could have a better house than you have. You could drive a nicer car than you have. But here comes, oh, brother Johnny, and he's driving his boat out because he's going to go sell it and give the money to missions. $40,000 boat, a year's wage, and he's just going to waste that boat. And Jesus calls it beautiful. What's the Lord calling you to in giving? Thank you for those that give. Live differently so you can give generously. And as you think about going, waste your afternoon going to your neighbor's house. Waste that meal and that money and invite somebody over. <laughs> and, and waste your weekend or waste a week and go on a mission trip. Waste your vacation week for the year and go on a mission trip because Jesus calls that beautiful. And as you think about sending, my in-laws were here earlier and... Uh, and they, they support us so much on mission, but it, it's so hard, so hard to send out your kids on mission, send out your grandbabies on mission. Maybe it looks like a, like a waste of that family tie or something. Jesus calls that beautiful. As you think about sending your own kids or preparing them to be missional in their, in their lives in the local church or living uh, somewhere else and being sent out, prepare them, teach them about the worthiness of God, the glory of God. Teach them to be zealous for the glory of God. Teach them that when they learn about a people group, they don't just need to think, oh, how cool is that, or that's really neat, or, or they've got their own way of, of worship and these types of things. No, teach them a biblical worldview, that God deserves the glory of all nations. Teach them that. Waste time in that area, because Jesus will call that beautiful as you develop your children to live missionally, to, to think about which career they're going to have, not in service to themselves, but in service to the kingdom. Our blessing has a purpose, not to our comfort, but for the nation's salvation in Christ. May our hearts sing in all areas of our lives, let the peoples praise you, O God. After the service, um, there's some table, there's a table set out here on the bottom floor and up, upstairs as well. There's a table where you can sign up for our newsletter that we send out on email, or you can, and you can also grab a prayer card. Please grab a prayer card out there. There's some information about the Lottie Moon Christmas offering and, uh, and uh, another prayer guide for, for unreached people groups as well. Please get a prayer card and connect with us on Facebook if you'd like. If you're on Facebook, you can join our our uh, prayer team there, Snipes Family Journey. Search that and ask to join. Thank you so much for inviting us here today. We do consider it a privilege and it's such um, a wonderful thing to get to be with you in person and thank you personally for your support in missions. We're on this mission together and it's a glorious mission and Jesus is with us. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being our... Um, the owner of everything, Niwi Pau. Thank you for being Abba, Daddy, Father to us. Thank you for inviting us, God, on your global mission to reveal your glory and save people by the blood of Jesus. Thank you for inviting this church, Lawndale, and thank you for, uh, on your mission, and thank you for all the ways that they've already been involved. Lord, stir in their hearts to be more and more involved. May they live differently to give sacrificially and give generously. Father, may they, they waste time what looks like waste to us, but is beautiful to you. May our acts of service, Lord, be beautiful.
to you and pleasing to you, Lord. May our hearts sing, let the peoples praise you, O God. And may our actions go with that heart, Lord. In Christ's name I pray.